Welcome back to Thirsty the Podcast. I'm Laura Koo. And I'm Heather McGee. Today we're talking about flying solo with special guest Brianna Lake. Welcome back, everybody. As a reminder, subscribe on Spotify or Apple um, to The Thirst Trap, which is our monthly subscription series. It's only $1.99 a month. It's a great way to support the show. And you can also get you get two bonus episodes a month with it, as well as a permanent 10% discount in The Thirsty Shop, which is at thirstythepodcast.com. You get fun sweatshirts and hats and all kinds of good things. I'm wearing my Thirsty sweatshirt again tonight because I pulled it straight out of the laundry bin as I do, and I'll be wearing it for days. Super cozy and fun. Also, as a reminder, share this show with anyone you think who might enjoy the subject matter. Um, Rate, review, and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. We're so happy to be back. And today, I'm really excited. This is an episode that we've been talking about doing for a while, and that is an episode about solo travel. I I don't know how much familiar you guys are with this, but I'm in a lot of Facebook groups, and quite often I will see, especially women, will post things like, oh, I I wanted to go to dinner, but I don't know about going alone, or I really wanted to go to a movie. I don't know if I want to go alone. I'd really like to go on this trip, but I'm really scared to go by myself. Would you do it, you know, if you had the opportunity? And every time I always encourage people to go do it. And that's what we're going to talk about today, like not letting just because you're divorced, keep you from going to do things that you want to do and having the confidence and excitement to go and live your life to its fullest, whether you're going on your own or with a friend and how there are actually some really great benefits to doing some of these things on your own. It's not a lesser than experience. It actually could be a different kind of experience that's really great for you. And so Brianna has done this many times. I've done it a few times. So we're really excited to talk about this. Now we do know divorce means you do so many things by yourself. That's a big part of the aftermath of divorce. And sometimes that does include travel. Now I am someone who takes myself out to dinner. Sometimes I go to movies alone and I'm happy to do that. Last summer, I really wanted to travel. I couldn't find anyone to go with me. I asked my sisters. I asked my friends. I was dating someone. I asked everyone I could think of, do you want to go? I want to go to Berlin. It'll be so fun. It's not even going to be that expensive. Nobody could go. Finally, one day I decided I really wanted to go. It's a bucket list location for me. And I didn't want to wait. I decided to just go by myself. And I had so much fun. I loved the whole experience the whole time I was there for a week. And so today we're going to talk all about things like this, because I would love to encourage anyone out there who's interested in hearing more about traveling on your own to give it a try and see what you think about it. It's not that scary thing that maybe you may feel it is. And so to that end, I'm really excited to welcome our guest, Brianna Lake, to Thirsty. She's a marketer. She's a mom to two young kids. And like Laura and I, she's really passionate about moving our body, exercising, is super active, and is also an avid hiker. And she's also into yoga. She's an actress. She does a whole lot of things. I'm exhausted just reading this list. Um, You can see why uh, we're really excited to have her on. And so the reason she's here today is she has also been through divorce and she's discovered a lot of fun things about herself through solo travel. So we're going to talk about that today. Now, Brianna, I know you're divorced. You're a mom, just like us, but everyone gets here in different ways. We all have our own different stories. Can you talk a little bit about your story and where you come from? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I'm 34 years old. And like you mentioned, I do have two children from my marriage. Um, I actually 
it's been about four years since um, me and their dad have divorced. And my married life started when I was very, very young. Um, I was 17 when I met my ex-husband. Uh, we were together for about 12 years, got married at 21, divorced at 30. So, you know, so much <laughs> changes from when you're, I was basically a kid when I got married. Um, didn't really know who I was and the type of person I needed to be in a partnership and, you know, what I needed in a partnership at all. So, you know, being married and post-divorce have been wildly different. And I'm so thankful for the experience. That's awesome. Uh, as Laura and I have discussed, divorce can be a bit of a gift. While I don't know that anyone's excited to get divorced when it happens, it can be an opportunity to learn so much about yourself and make mm -hmm. a really great second chapter. And you have definitely done that. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's so true. It, it is absolutely terrifying when it first happens, especially, I mean, my kids were two and four. Um, so that life with two young children was absolutely terrifying, especially working full time. And I had just got back into acting at the time and, and knew that my schedule was absolutely crazy. It was very overwhelming. And it's one thing I think is very rewarding about people that have gone through divorce is after a few years, you kind of see how far you've come along. Um, kind of like you said, it's 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 so scary to even eat out alone or go to the movies by yourself. And now, you know, over time, you you feel so empowered. It's like it's a normal thing to do. Uh, you're not scared at all, and you realize like, oh, I can't believe how scared I was at the beginning. Um, even when with my earlier travels, I was terrified and nervous, and I thought that everybody would judge me because I would be by myself, and nobody cares. <laughs> you just have a yeah. good time. <laughs> yeah. So can you talk a, few, a little bit about maybe a few of the solo trips that you've been on and what those trips were like for you? Yeah. Um, so like I said, my experience at the beginning was very different. So my first solo trip was uh, within the first year of me getting divorced and I went to Seattle by myself. I'd never been. Um, and so I just, I just booked an Airbnb and I went by myself and I was absolutely terrified. I felt so like not bored, but I, I felt like, oh, I should have somebody to share these memories with. I don't know what I should be doing. Um, so it was a bit, of, a bit of a learning curve. I still did all like the, went to go see the Starbucks there and, and looked at different excursions and I did a food tour, which by the way, I was the only, <laughs> I was the only person on the food tour, which was a blessing because um, the tour guide was my personal Instagrammer um, that took all my pictures. So it worked out really well. <laughs> but uh, so that experience was very nerve wracking. And I remember, leaving that trip of being like, oh my God, I, there's no way I can ever do this again. This was so uncomfortable, but it, it was just because that was the first time. Um, and then over time up until, you know, this past year, I decided to take um, another solo trip to Costa Rica. And that trip was wildly different. I kind of learned what I needed in solo travel as well. I'm I'm, I would say like, I'm kind of an extroverted introvert. Like I like to be around people, but I'm kind of shy. So for me, I knew that the best opportunity was to join like a group to go with it. I didn't know anybody because it would force me to kind of get out of my comfort zone, meet new people, meet like-minded people too. Um, I had joined a yoga studio and I'm from San Diego. Um, I joined a yoga studio there and I saw up on their the bulletin board that they were doing a spiritual retreat and it was in Costa Rica and they had like the full itinerary and everything. I thought that was perfect for me because I didn't, I didn't know what I didn't know and I didn't know what I needed to see in Costa Rica. So like having that scheduled was really nice. Um, and I'd had looked at a few different 
uh, like group travel websites as well. Um, some for women, some for, um, you know, just 30 something to 40 something year olds. And that was, you know, the going on the spiritual retreat was, was the best option for me. And it was just like, God, we got to like pick and choose what we had to do. Lots of yoga and meditation and just like working through, um, you know, different traumas and stuff. So like I got to see Costa Rica and I got to work on myself. So it was, it was a win-win for me. So I really, I, 10 out of 10 recommend <laughs> if you're scared to travel by yourself go with like one of those types of groups with like-minded people there were some couples there but it was actually a lot of solo people or people that went with their mom or sister um but i was surprised by the amount of people that went alone um and i will say i actually made a really great friend who we're actually going to go to uh, salt lake city in about a month together too um and i didn't know her before then uh but we shared a yurt <laughs> in the middle of costa rica <laughs> and uh became great friends so you just never know where it's going to take you. you never know the type of people you're going to meet yeah. I think what you hit on to initially, like with your first trip, like the stakes were pretty low. Like it was a domestic trip, a big city, like pretty easy to plan and just being open to letting yourself learn. And it may not be perfect or you, again, you may not know what you need going into it. And it's kind of like a fact finding mission, right? Like you mm -hmm. kind of just do that initial piece and you see how it feels and you try different things. And then for your, you know, Costa Rica trip, you completely course corrected and figured out how to fill in some of those gaps. Cause I think it is scary for people. You're going to be alone and you're spending all of this time with yourself. And sometimes that feels a little scary. Yes. Yes. Especially right after a divorce. Um, I remember actually it's an interesting story from my Seattle trip. So I, I, like I said, I'd look for like different excursions. I did the food tour. Um, I also went to a comedy club uh, one of those nights <laughs> and I was sat in the front row, which was probably not the best idea, but I just called myself out as sitting there by myself. And the, the comedian totally picked on me. Like, why are you here by yourself? And like, it just like brought out every insecurity, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, we're all going to laugh together. <laughs> and it was really uncomfortable, but I had a great time. And you know, what? I got my money's worth. <laughs> I do really love what you said about, I think people do have this idea about travel in their minds, like it's going to be like this, that, and the other, but you know what? You can also build the trip that works for you. Like if you want to go on a tour that's already kind of organized for you and you just go along for the ride or whether it's something that you totally design yourself, you can do that. And so I, I think people forget about that. Like if you're too scared to do something where, well, I shouldn't say it that way. If it is too intimidating for your first mm -hmm. outing out there to do something that's totally just go somewhere and do it all yourself, you can join a tour. Something I've always wanted to do and I never have are one of those wellness spots. Like there's a place called Miraval in Arizona. There's a lot of places like that where you can go and they'll have retreats and it's got an itinerary all set up. Yes. Um, so it could be more of like a meditative spiritual retreat. So you can do it like that. Um, but then other people that are more adventurous may want to go and just like find a place they love and go hiking or explore a city in a way that is not part of a tour and it's just kind of design their own adventure. But I love that you brought that up. Like it doesn't have to be one way. Like think about what you need to feel comfortable and you can do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and there's so many downloadable tours, like tour apps as well. So if you want to do like a walking tour in a city, there's an app for that, you know, so you can at yeah. least get the most out of your experience that you're there for. Well, I like the idea of not, I feel like a lot of people often, and this is not wrong, but like you, you wait for that reason to take that trip. Like often it's, you wait for a partner, you wait, you know, like you're just in this holding pattern especially after divorce, when you're not used to, used to having a partner that you plan things with. And so you can often get in the mindset of just like, well, when I have someone, then I will do these mm -hmm. things. So I think it's really awesome to turn that around and just like live your life and do what you want to do. 
And, you know, Heather, like you said, for your Berlin trip, you wanted to go and no one could go. So you went. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I kind of have a big thing about that. I think a lot of us do that in a lot of ways. Like when this, like they do this two-part thing of when this happens or when this falls into place, I'll be happy. Or like they put contingencies in place. When I'm in a relationship, I can go do this. When, uh, you know, I feel good about my life, you know, if I'm not depressed or, you know, I'll do this. Or when I get my body to look the way I want it to look, then I'm going to feel happy. And that always makes me so sad because you can just jump to the end. You, you can skip the contingency part. And I remember I had that in my mind. I've wanted to go to Berlin specifically for a long time because I'm just, I, it was just something that I've never been there. And I thought it would be a really great place to explore. And I actually had that thought. I was like, am I going to let not having anyone to go with stop me from doing something I've always wanted to do? Am I really going to do that contingency thing? And I decided not to let, I mean, it just makes me think about our lives. If we were to stop worrying about the contingencies and just do the things that are important to us, that's kind of Mm -hmm. a great way to live your life, I think. Yeah, I love that. It's it's so, so true because when will you, you might never get that opportunity, you know, if not now, when you got to, you just got to do it. If you want to see something, you want to experience something, you know, you are the decision maker in that, which is kind of great. <laughs> you know, you don't have to consult yeah. with anybody. You kind of got to figure out where the kids are going to go, but um, <laughs> you know, to figure yeah. out the right, the right days. But, you know, I, I know that so many times I remember, you know, first getting out of my marriage, I wanted my girlfriends to go with me. Like, you know, how many times you'd plan like a girl's trip and then just yeah. keeps getting pushed back. Oh, next year, next year. And then somebody else gets pregnant and then there's like something else that's going on. Somebody else has a wedding and then they can't spend any money. And they're like, you're always trying to pull people in to go with you. And it's like, at what point do you just say, you know what, I'm going to go experience this because it's my life too. And I want to see the world, you know, and even in my marriage, like my ex-husband wasn't a big traveler. He'd rather just like stay home. Um, And so I really didn't travel at all my twenties. I was busy being a wife and and having children and honestly didn't have the money to travel at the time. Um, So going into my thirties, I'm like, why, why do I feel like I can't, you know? Yeah. No. Yeah. I, and I literally thought that in my mind when I was deciding whether to go, am I really going to let my lack of a partner or relationship keep me from living the life I want to live? I can go. I'll be safe. I'm just going to do it. And you don't have to cut anybody out of the pictures, right? Right. Right. Like I can frame all my pictures and there's no one in there that they're not supposed to be. It's you in front of the Eiffel Tower or wherever you want to be. Yeah. And, you know, it's perfect. You don't have to, you don't have to worry about it later. Well, and I realized too, so I was in Berlin for a week and for me, it actually... I actually had a very, I don't think I would have had the experience I would have had if I would have brought anyone because not having anyone with me created space. I actually made friends. Like you were saying, Brianna, I made, Mm -hmm. like there was one night, I always like to do a fine dining experience whenever I go somewhere to like really, um, gives you kind of a taste of the culture literally. And I found this place in Berlin. It's actually uh, Michelin starred. Um, and it was shockingly affordable. It was like $130 for a, a huge, and it's fine dining. Like I, w- I was shocked. Berlin is shockingly expensive, uh, shockingly cheap, I have to say. Interesting. Yeah. But I sat down and they sat me with two other solo travelers and we became great buddies. We sa- we shared a four hour dinner, had a full, you know, course of wines. So of course we were not totally sober by the end, but we had just the most fun. One was an MBA student who was there with her cohort. She was from 
I think South Carolina or something like that. And then the other man was a political lobbyist for Munich that was just in town to have fun in Berlin for the weekend. And we just had the best time. And I realized if I would have been there with a friend, to your point, I think I would have been doing some things that I wasn't that excited to do. And what was nice is every single day I went and did exactly what I wanted to do. Everything I wanted to experience, I just went and did it without any, I didn't have to negotiate. I didn't have to Mm -hmm. compromise. I really had the trip I wanted to have. And something that I didn't anticipate when I got there, um, I didn't think about the fact that, you know, because most everyone speaks English, but not necessarily all the time. Like if I needed to communicate with someone, you know, unfortunately I'm American, I only speak one language, but, and so I could speak to people in English if I had something I need to talk to them about. But really for the most part, I was surrounded by people speaking other languages, which really translated to a week of quiet time for me, because I wasn't hearing conversations. I wasn't really easily talking to people all the time. And I was in the middle of this bustling city, but I had so much time with myself to think about things, to reflect on things, to go and explore and do all the things I wanted to do. And I didn't think about that ahead of time. And it was such a special part of the whole week for me, just that one simple thing of being with myself, being with my thoughts, going and looking and experiencing everything I wanted to see and experience. And then I did have that space to meet some new friends, you know, in the right environment whenever, you know, that opportunity came up. And I didn't think about that either. Like there was really a very particular benefit to being there totally by myself. Heather, your experience makes me think of like, you know, in college, you travel and you stay in hostels and you meet people that way. But you're just like the grown up version at a Michelin starred restaurant of like meeting these different people. And, you know, it's all about, you know, the experience, not necessarily how you got there. But it's just kind of funny because in college, you know, we did that. But I, again, always traveled with friends when I studied abroad. And so we would have those experiences, but not meet people. And I remember that certain people we studied abroad with, they would do solo trips on their own. And we were all just in awe of them because it, I think at any stage of life, it takes a lot to be able to go and do that. And at that stage of life, my friends and I were not ready. We had to travel in a pack and do all of this, but there were certain people on our trip who would just go and they'd go to you know somewhere for three or four days on their own or ride the train around and hop to different cities. And it was so interesting then but now looking back on it I'm like that's amazing like I don't know that at this age I could do that um and I haven't done a solo trip before so this conversation is really interesting yeah I love it I didn't know I would love it but I absolutely did it's a totally different experience than going with your friends or family or with someone that you're dating I think and Heather for you like did and it's very intimidating when you're thinking about and you're getting on the plane you're like oh my gosh I'm going by myself did that help you like as I don't know how long you were there for but um like over time did you get more and more comfortable or was it you know as soon as you landed you're like okay let's do this <laughs> I did have a moment so I was there for a week and uh the public transportation system in Berlin is great I believe it's like one of the best systems in the world or whatever but anyway there's I was staying in a hotel that was outside one of the main ones I think it's hopped bun off <laughs> everything is a plots or a <laughs> or something of that sort. But it was, uh, I remember, which is one of the biggest train stops in in the whole system. But I stepped out and there were thousands of people, like it was like Times Square is what it felt like. And I just stood there and I was like, I have made a giant mistake. I actually like teared up and I was like, this is so awful. I'm so scared. But then I put on my big girl pants. I mean, y'all know you've been through divorce. Like you've been through so much already. Sometimes I think about that when I'm scared, like if I have a moment where I'm like, oh, this is overwhelming. I'm actually kind of scared here. 
I think about what I've been through and I'm like, you know what? I handled it. I handled much more challenging situations. Like it's going to be okay. And I'm not like, I don't get scared easily. Like I'm pretty, like I will take the bull by the horns most of the time, but that was intimidating. I bet. That happens in our recordings sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) It's cute. Yeah, it was, um, I had that moment of being scared, but then I like dealt with it. And then I had the best week after that. I mean, honestly, those that have gone through divorce have been through so much, like anything else is not only you've given birth, but then you've gone through divorce. Like you could do literally, you can do anything. Well, also have you traveled solo with your kids? Because (laughs) if you can do that, you literally can go anywhere on your own and you will appreciate it so much more. I love my children, but like it's a whole nother level. It's a whole nother level. I, I, I've mostly done like the, the long weekends in Disney trips with them, which I've learned that's probably the best case scenario. I did take them to Kauai, um, oh. uh, gosh, a month ago now, but I did bring my dad as well. So that was super helpful, <laughs> but even just getting them on the plane by ourselves, it was like, I need snacks. I need my Nintendo, All, you know, chaos. Yeah, I've got three, so I'm massively outnumbered. And so like, I've just started flying with them on my own. And it is just, it's a whole lot. So um, while again, I have not done a solo, like big trip before just thinking through, I'm like, well, if I've done that with the children enough, like I, there is nothing that can intimidate you more than traveling solo with your kids. So I think I would be good for a solo me trip. Yeah, it would be a breeze for you for sure. <laughs> I do have to laugh because I shared my location with Laura while I was in Berlin. <laughs> and Laura's like, I don't think there's much I'm going to be able to do for you, but I guess I'll know oh, kind that's, of where you are or something. That's happens. a really, that's a really good point. Like making sure that somebody knows where you are. I know as like independent women, we could forget about that, but I mean, whether it's a, honestly a parent or a friend, friend, making sure that they have your travel information. Cause you just, you just never know. I always make sure I have a couple people that have that. That's a, that's a really great point. Yeah. That's the shadow side of, I think being a divorced woman is you're like, I can handle myself. I can handle anything. And then, I mean, I've done it. There've been times I've made mistakes in dating or in other scenarios. I was like, Oh, that wasn't the smartest thing that I have ever done in my life. <laughs> you know, and like you forget like about safety and that, you know, sometimes maybe you need to make some safer choices for yourself and be a little yeah. bit careful at least. You don't need a, a Dateline episode about you. No, don't I don't need to be. <laughs> no, I don't need to be Dateline famous. No, thank you. <laughs> um. Well, before we move on from this, you know, Rona, what are, what's one or, or more things that solo travel has kind of taught you about yourself? Like, what is like a deeper lesson that you've walked away with? Honestly, I feel like it taught me a lot about self-worth uh, personally, because I was so, I didn't think that I could do it. You know, I didn't even down to like, so going to the movies by yourself, like I just didn't think I was capable of doing that and didn't think I was worthy enough to like be able to not only emotionally go on a trip by myself, but then financially too. I thought that was a big thing for me. Um, and it just, it, it opened up my eyes and didn't limit, limit me so much in life. So ever since that, like that point of just kind of getting out of my comfort zone, I'm sure divorce in general does this, whether you travel or not, but it really opens your eyes to the world and, and what you're able to handle and that you can actually experience a lot. There's so much of the world to see. And I still, I haven't even gone anywhere like 
huge, uh, which I would like to, that's on my agenda. <laughs> right before the pandemic, I put together a vision board of all the places I was going to go and then pandemic hit. Um, so my, my plans are a little off, but um, I it love just, that. It just, <laughs> yeah, it's really beautiful too. I even have photos and dates and everything. And then literally the pandemic, hit. it was like January of when was that? 2020 uh, when I put it together. <laughs> um, but uh you know, it just shows you how strong you are. You know, you can go to another country and where you don't know the language and you don't know the food or like how to how to get I, public transit. It even too is so intimidating, but yeah. you're constantly absorbing that information and you're learning more than you knew before. And those are not only things for yourself, but then you get to share that with your kids too, which I think is yeah. really cool uh, with your friends. And it kind of helps women in general just feel empowered to do that because i know that i have a lot of mom friends and some that are single that like i could never i can never go to the movies by myself yeah. how do you yeah. do that i'm like yeah. it's, honestly it's pretty great because you don't have to worry about anybody else's schedule and you just go <laughs> it's so awesome like at yeah. times i really prefer it yeah but you know that always to be honest makes me a little bit sad i feel like i hear that a lot i think a lot mm -hmm. of people have that attitude of like oh i don't want to go that's something as small as I don't want to go to dinner by myself. Yeah. I, personally, I love taking myself out to dinner. I call it like mm -hmm. taking myself on a date. And it's really, I think it's really fun. Yeah. But it does make me a little sad when I hear that because I think, I mean, something I've started talking about, and this is, I promise this is related. I've been thinking about sometimes the things we want to do or things we know that we should do. We have this idea and we're kind of hard on ourselves. We're like, well, just do the right thing. Just like make that choice. You know, like I've been thinking a lot about making healthy choices and dating lately. You know, like your friends might say, why are you picking that man? He's not great for you. You just need to do this. You need to do that. And it's like, well, easier said than done. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've started thinking about it as more of like a muscle that you practice and you work out and like making healthy choices for yourself personally. Actually, it's not a switch and you need some time. It's more of a spiritual practice. It's more like when you go to the gym, it takes time and eventually you are good at it, mm -hmm. but don't be hard on yourself. And so when I apply that to travel and being willing to go and try things all on your own and not be, and not letting your aloneness or your singleness, keeping you from experiencing things, just go to dinner. You don't have to go to Singapore. <laughs> you know, you can just go down the street and take yourself out to dinner go to a movie. Like you said, go to Seattle or go to a domestic city just for a weekend. Like you can do little things and just try it out and see if you like it and figure out what works for you and what kind of trips you need to take. Like you don't have to go all the way to like from zero to 60 immediately. Like you can, you can build up to it and just try things and figure it out for yourself. Yeah. It's it's definitely, oh, I was going to say, it's definitely like a learning curve. You know, like when I got back from Seattle for my first trip, I was like, I'm, I remember telling a friend, I'm like, I did not like that at all. That was absolutely awful. Like, <laughs> but I'm, I'm thankful I have all these pictures from my tour guide that took them, um, which was great. <laughs> and, uh, but it was very uncomfortable and I didn't think I was going to do it again. But you have to find out what works for you. You know, so, yeah. sometimes completely solo works great. For me, I need I need a community. Like, But I also want, and I want to meet people and I want it to be yeah. organized. You know, I, yeah. I, I didn't have time to plan anything. So you just kind of have to find out what's your comfort zone. Yeah. And I think it's just allowing yourself again, that ramp up of the baby steps of the little things of realizing that again, I don't understand why going to the movies is such a big thing. I started doing <laughs> that in the midst of my divorce just to get out of my house. And I would like, I, if no one could hang out, I would go to the movies. I would sneak in a can of wine and have popcorn for dinner. And it were, those were the best times, but 
to each their own. If it feels intimidating, like you go and you do it. And I think that shift of realizing no one's paying attention to you. No one's noticing you're there alone. I think there's like a lot of self-worth wrapped up in that as well. If I'm by myself, what do people think about me? Do they think Mm -hmm. I'm sad? I should have someone with me. I'm used to having a partner. Does it look weird? All that. And once you start to do it, you realize no one's paying attention to you. If anything, they probably are envious that you have that alone time or you have that confidence to do it on your own or whatever. No one thinks that you're sad because you're out for a night on your own. Never, never. Nobody, nobody notices you, especially honestly, the movie is the best place to do it because it's dark yeah. anyways. If you're that, <laughs> no one's looking at you. You can cry <laughs> if there's a sad part of the movie. No one's going to see it. <laughs> yeah. And if you go to dinner alone, you know, if it's too intimidating to sit at a table, I remember it, it was intimidating at first to sit at a table and always sit at the bar. Um, but then eventually I'd start sitting at the table. Like, why not? I want the full spread, you know, the candlelight. <laughs> yeah. It's gotta be, you know, take myself on a romantic day. Yeah. <laughs> or like bring a book to like give yourself something to do if you want to like, again, baby step. I would do that in college a little bit. And it makes, you know, you've got something to occupy or you look busy, whatever. And so mm-hmm. you don't have that. Well, I guess I also did that in college because smartphones didn't exist. So that's my age <laughs> tolerate right there. But, you know, something to occupy yourself so that if you're feeling awkward you have that prop or whatever I will yeah. say when I go sometimes on um you know solo trips for work um you know I'll, I'll go to dinner and sometimes I'll just FaceTime like my family members at dinner and just yeah. sit there and talk to them and so like I mean it passes the time if you're really like you want to enjoy a nice meal out but you're a little nervous like FaceTime your friends FaceTime your family like nobody's paying nobody's paying attention to you yeah well, it's kind of been a good spiritual practice for me I will say because I have a really hard time being still Like I'm all, my mind is always racing. I'm always moving. I have like 800 hobbies. Like it is rare for me to just be sitting and still. And so I've kind of started to think of solo travel and the simple things like taking myself out to dinner as an opportunity to practice being in the moment, calming down, not doing a million things at once and really having the experience that I'm there to have. And that's like, I think for me, why I'm now really passionate about it, because I get a lot of value out of it. That is not the same thing I get when I'm out with girlfriends or when I'm on a date or when I'm with, you know, family members, which those are their own thing and they're awesome in their own way. But it's not the same as being so confident in yourself to go live your life and have the experiences you want to have alone. Um, 100%. It's kind of nice. I will say I'm like all in on it now. Yeah. (laughs) And and order that dessert at the end. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yeah. Extra delicious. Yes. Now, Brianna, you talked a little bit about, um, you know, getting married at 21, which is young. That's young. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the impact of getting married at a young age for you? I mean, honestly, I just, I didn't know what was needed for a real marriage. You know, we, we go to school and we learn all these things about our education, but we don't really learn how to, be humans in a partnership. Um, like I said, I didn't know who I was. I didn't really know what I brought to the table in a partnership. I didn't know post post divorce and things that I didn't realize back then was how does like my childhood trauma play into this relationship? Mm-hmm. And as a kid, I mean, like as twenty one, like just, just it's just wild to think about if my daughter tries to get married at twenty one, I'll retire. <laughs> Um, but I thought I was grown, you know, like I was like, Oh, you know, like I'm, I'm an adult. Um, but it just, it didn't give me the opportunity at that such a young age to really know who I was. Brianna by herself, you know, I went from, I went from my high school sweetheart to literally my ex-husband. I, you know, I didn't know who I was as a solo person. And so 
having the opportunity to kind of be solo again has been really amazing because it, although hard although very hard um initially <laughs> um it gave me the opportunity to just dive deeper into who i am as a person why why do i get triggered in certain things the way that i do where does that stem from like i didn't know anything about attachment styles or love languages you know at 21 years old going into a marriage yeah. like i had no idea and none of that would have come to fruition if i didn't go through that experience um or you know maybe it would have if i would have gotten married later in life but um it kind of gave me an opportunity to really take a step back and find out like what my issues are because it's definitely yeah. you know it's it, i don't blame anybody for a marriage ending usually it, take, it takes two people most of the time but um you know, at 21, I didn't, I didn't know. I just, I pointed the finger. I was like, you know, he did this, he did that. But now I can look back and think like, you know, I could have done this better. Now I know more about myself. Um, and so part yeah. of that, that journey for me has been very healing, um, not only for my marriage, but then for, you know, hopefully for whatever partner comes along um, in the future that I can work through those things. Yeah. Uh, Laura and I have talked about this a few times. I know for myself, I feel like I have grown more in the last three years than my entire life. Yes. Really. And I'm 44. <laughs> no, that's so true. Like it really does force you to grow. Like I say, sometimes it's extremely uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> and, and there's a lot of, a lot of tears and a lot of like trying to like, once, once you kind of open up Pandora's box of um, healing and trying to figure out your traumas. It's like, it, it kind of opens the floodgates and it can be a little overwhelming and you just want to kind of work through it as quickly as possible, but you just have to be patient yeah. with yourself. It, it's a journey. It takes a while. Um, and sometimes you think that you're got it all figured out and then you'll get re-triggered again and you're like, okay, I still got some work to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think that's awesome that you have embarked on that type, that type of spiritual journey too, to really figure those things out about yourself and address them. Now, I love what you told me about, you alluded to this, and I would love to hear more about this, about that you have learned to say yes to things that feel good and no to things that don't. How has that impacted the way that you feel about your life now? Yeah, I, I honestly, I don't think I had a sense of self and self-confidence um, prior, and I would just overwhelm my schedule, my life, because I would just say yes to everything. Mm -hmm. I had this like FOMO <laughs> response to yeah. everything. Like if somebody invited you to something, you always go to it. But then I would like burn myself out and I'd be sitting at something that I'm like, like maybe like a, a party or something or like a get together. And I'm like, I'm really tired. And I really wanted to go to sleep that night, but I just felt like I had to go. Now yeah. I'm at that point where I'm like, you know, I don't care <laughs> if I don't want to go, then why am I going, <laughs> you know? And that's just like one example. But um, I think as, as moms, and I think that in this like new world of social media and like being the perfect mom and like every, but every, every parent is doing everything. Um, sometimes you just kind of take a step back and be like, is this adding value to my life or is it making me exhausted? And yeah. so only recently, I've started to evaluate that and something I work with, with my therapist about, <laughs> um, <laughs> but only recently I've really started to take a look at like, yes, maybe, maybe my kids want to do something or I feel pressured to do something, but if it's going to stress me out and then stress out our family, maybe I need to reevaluate if that's something that I need to do. Um, cause I'm, I'm a recovering people pleaser. 
yeah. <laughs> which I've kind of learned about myself as well. I call myself a recovering, uh, a recovering type A personality. Yeah. <laughs> Life is better when you're type B, to be honest. Yeah. You probably much happier as type B because like type A is just so stressful. <laughs> it really yeah. is. Yeah. Laura, I feel like you've kind of been on a journey with this too, where I, I get really impressed with you because I think you're really good at like picking out certain things that you love, you know, like you love boot camp and you're really involved there and you always make sure that you get to that and get that done and making decisions. Um, so Laura is very active at boot camp, and then she also has some other things that she just enjoys doing and she makes sure she gets time to do all that. And I think that's really great. I don't know, Laura, I know you're not on the spot here, but I, I would love to hear more from you on that because I don't think we've really covered that before. No, I mean, I think I've gotten a lot better about prioritizing myself, which I wasn't good about early on. Like right after my divorce, I hopped into a pretty serious relationship as you do. <laughs> and it was great. I mean, there were so many great things there, but I developed a lot of patterns. Cause that's also when I was learning like my whole co-parenting schedule. And all of a sudden I had some time to myself and I don't think I really knew what that meant at that time to to really use that time wisely, because you do need to, you need to be able to recharge yeah. and have balance. And so I wasn't doing the things that I needed to do for myself because first and foremost was what is he doing? And when am I going to be at his place? And that, like, I was always on the move. And again, this is pre pandemic too, where life just felt so busy and it felt even busier than with commuting and kids and solo parenting. And then I'm dating someone and those logistics were new and different and all of that. And in the past year or so, I've just gotten so much better about like, this is what I'm doing for myself first. And I am not going to sway from, from that. Like even sometimes with my kids, like I'll bring them to boot camp sometimes because I want to get my workout in and it's a day I have them and we don't have any other activities. And I remind them, I'm like, I do these things for you. You're going to do this for me because that's important too. And trying to teach them that like we all show up for each other, but also like, I don't want to give up that piece of something that's important to me because I as moms, we do so many things for our kids. Like they get plenty of everything and attention and priority, but I'm not skipping myself for the relationship for friends, whatever. Like Heather knows, like if we have plans and I mean, you're the same way, like working out before that, like I'm yeah. always going to, to do that piece of things or taking care of my home or whatever it is that I'm kind of into at the time. I don't want to skip that prior putting myself first. Like I have to, I think we all need to do that. But divorce teaches you to like everything rebalances in a certain way. And I think you have to really be mindful and listen to like what that feels like for you. That's a great point. And it's like you touched on the um, jumping into a relationship right off the divorce, like we all do. I think that everybody has that experience where they just want to feel something again right after. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, everybody has it. But then through that, you always learn, okay, now this is the opportunity to fill up my cup. First, yeah. it, what, what's yeah. the the analogy where they talk about um, putting the the mask on you before you help your child mm -hmm. on the airplane? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It is yep. so so true. Um, and I I'm I'm getting to that point now in my life as well. Like the last two years, working out every day and trying to go to yoga or do things that like I want or making the dinner. How about making the dinner that I want to make that night? Not what they want to do. <laughs> that is the coup d'etat. Really? <laughs> Seriously. I'm like, I'm like, no, we are not. How, how about we are making what I'm, what I want for once, you know? So those little moments, because you can just easily just like 
cater every little thing to everybody else and you forget about yourself, you know, and, and I think that it's such a special opportunity post-divorce or any, out of any relationship, especially a long-term relationship to take the time to do things that make you happy, whether it's travel, whether it's even cooking, like (laughs) little things, cooking or baking at home when you've just been like so chaotic and just getting takeout all the time, like whatever makes you, or starting podcasts, things like that, Um, (laughs) whatever (laughs) makes you happy, you know, and don't forget about that part. Rihanna, what would you like to say to, you know, we've all been divorced for at least a minute around here. I think I might be the baby divorcee at three years, but even I like have a little bit of hindsight on it now. You know, thinking back to when you were first getting divorced, is there any type of of advice or guidance you wish that you would have known at that time that would have helped you? Oh, I mean, number one thing is you will get through it and it will get better. And honestly, you're going to appreciate your life uh, post-divorce. You know, it's it's hard when you're in it because I remember, gosh, I can like flash back in my head of just bawling my eyes out um, every single day and then going through these wave of emotions of like, fine, I'll show you. I'm going to find somebody else. Um, <laughs> you know, um, but, you know, it really, it takes time find your find your community find your people find things that you love to do and it'll just make it a lot easier um the once once you the i say the big big pieces i know that laura you alluded to this but like the co-parenting schedule is really overwhelming at first and especially if you're dealing with legal stuff it can be very stressful you know talk to a therapist you know get get your support system in place because it's it can feel like a very long road um but now like four years removed even like after, I don't know, 18 months removed, it was just so much easier. So, so much easier. Um, And you will get through it and just try to like keep work, work on your ego and your inner self as much as possible. Cause there's, there'll be many times where you want to attack the other parent, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but try, try to resist because uh, you know, it, it feels good to kind of let it out every once in a while, but really it doesn't, it doesn't serve anyone, but just serve yourself, you know, focus on you. Yeah. Focus on your kids. Well, and this might be your answer to what we just talked about, but I would love to, I love to ask this to people at times, you know, looking back on everything, what has been your biggest personal takeaway for yourself through all of this? Oh man. Um, I, I guess I, I didn't realize how much I evolved over time um, from when I was married to now. I've really kind of changed the way I look at life a little bit differently. Like I used to feel, I I was also typing. I used to feel like, like life had to look a certain way. Like I had to be in a happy marriage with two kids and the white picket fence. Um, And really life can look any way that it needs to look as long as it feels good. And if it feels good, it's right. You know, like it doesn't have to look any certain way. You know, you, you can be, you know, one day you can be running, you know, around like crazy, getting everybody to baseball and softball practice and, and getting Chick-fil-A for the fifth time that week. Um, <laughs> and then other times it could be really calm and, and both are okay. <laughs> you know, sometimes your schedule is going to be out of whack. Sometimes you're going to be like, you know, frantically trying to get somebody to pick up the kids because you've got to go out of town for a work meeting. Yeah. You know, it's going to be messy sometimes and that's okay. You know, it doesn't have to look any certain way. As long as you feel good, you got it all taken care of. The kids are happy. It doesn't matter what it looks like on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Sometimes you hear that, uh, 
advice about like, I'm thinking about relationships or say, oh, well, sometimes relationships are hard or they're hard work. And then now I think looking back on everything, I'm like, but does it, does life need to be that hard all the time? You know, like to your point, like maybe we don't have to be martyrs. Maybe like being happy and enjoying your life is actually the point. And it doesn't all have to feel Mm -hmm. hard and difficult all the time that just finding a life that feels peaceful and safe and makes you happy is actually the right thing. Yeah. And like, don't, you know, don't make it hard on yourself. Don't put the pressure on yourself. I think that that's a lot of, it's like perception of is, is it hard or are we just putting so much pressure on ourselves because we feel like we're failing at whatever vision we had for ourselves, yeah. whatever expectation you had about it. I think you have to like learn to let go. I think that's a big part of that process of just like learning, Hey, you're letting go of what you thought your life was going to look like. So you just have to like say goodbye to that. <laughs> and like <laughs> letting go. It's gone. It's gone. Bye. Go of the things that, you know, you can't control or like you were said earlier about learning what to say no to, which I think is a big thing. Like sometimes we just can't do everything like in a group chat, Heather and I are in our other friend was talking about spirit week for her kids and she's all in on it. And I'm like, no, we just don't do that. Like I, I either. Know, like just teaching my kids, like, sorry, I don't have sports jerseys for you this week for spear week. So we're not doing that. Like I've just like I'm fine with letting those certain things go of what I can only do what I can do and I'm okay with that. And then learning to like I was thinking about this on my drive home from the gym today. I don't know why, but you have to learn how to like know what you can't control. And I think that's with co-parenting too. I've I have to like relinquish some control on things because I I can't orchestrate everything. I can't control everything. I can't, I might want things to look a certain way, but I don't get to be the decision maker in that way because when you share it with a co-parent, it's different. So just mm-hmm. letting all of those pieces go and just, it just makes you feel so much lighter. Yeah, yeah. That, that resonates so much. That's very, very true. Yeah, we don't have to be on the hamster wheel. No, mm-hmm. you can get off of that. No more fundraisers. No, no, <laughs> like, no, I can't no, do another no. one this week. <laughs> no, no. Well, Brianna, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a delight. Thank you for coming thank and talking you. about your life and things you've learned and experienced. This has been really great. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Still thirsty? You can get bonus content by subscribing to The Thirst Trap on Spotify or Apple. Or shop Thirsty Gear at thirstythepodcast.com. And don't forget to share this show with your community. Rate, review, and follow us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms.